Welcome to Laquita's Toolbox, where we deliver relevant content in the form of tools that empower entrepreneurs to elevate personally and professionally. Good is only good until greater is envisioned. You know there's another level in you. Here we discuss the tools to get you there. Lean in as Laquita and her guests present you with strategies and insight for unlocking your full potential to realize your boldest dreams. Welcome back to another amazing episode of Laquita's Toolbox. I'm your host, Laquita Mondley, and I am really excited to have our guest in the studio with me today. Miss Margie Marge, she is an amazing, amazing woman of God, and she has some great things that she's going to be sharing with us. You know, and when I got some of Margie Marge's information came over, I was like, you know what? No one has ever given me such a powerful short bio before. And, and here's the short bio for Margie. She is a cheerleader for most humans. Like, wow, don't we all want a cheerleader? We all need a cheerleader in our corner to make us feel good and to motivate us to keep pushing and never give up. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have our very own personal cheerleader in the house. So get something to write with and get something to write on because Margie Marge is going to share some amazing things with us today. But before we get started, guys, I want to take the time to thank Covenant Press. Covenant Press uh, is our sponsor of today's episode. They are a faith-based Christian apparel and accessory shop where we as believers are able to buy clothing and accessories that allow us to wear the message of the love of Jesus Christ. Go out to www.covenant-press.com. Again, that's www.covenant-press.com. Go ahead and shop till you drop because they have some amazing items there for you to choose from. But don't click off of those pop-ups too fast. Reason why, every day they're offering some type of incentive or discount for those that shop with them. So you want to grab that code out of that pop-up, place it in the appropriate place in the checkout, and receive your amazing discount. Again, that's www.covenant-press.com. Miss Margie. How are you today, sis? How are you doing? By his grace, by his grace. <laughs> I, yes, we are all here um, out hustling each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we can't you. stop. We got to keep pushing, right? Yeah, you got to keep pushing. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And um, hello to all your guests. Hey. Yes. Listen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Because let me tell you, I had an amazing time as a guest on your podcast. And I kept saying to myself, oh, this has got to be a, a podcast swap, an opportunity in kind. I have got to continue the conversation with this sister on my platform. And I'm just thankful for your yes, woman of God. So thankful for your yes. Well, um, thank you. Thank you. And viewers, listeners, if you did, if you missed Laquita on my post, on my podcast, it's Humanity Chats with Margie, yes. where we talk about everyday issues that impact humans. And when I say everyday issues, I mean every day. Sometimes we talk about God. Sometimes we talk about domestic violence. It could be divorce. Um, it could be infertility. It could be good stuff like winning too. So 
jump on there um, when you have a minute and listen to yours truly, Dr. Laquita Molly. <laughs> on Humanity Chats, it's an amazing show. So guys, make sure you check out Humanity Chats. And if you're saying, well, Laquita, how do I get to them? No worries. Check out the show notes, the information on how to connect with my episode, as well as the podcast in general will be in the show notes. So all of those relevant links will be in the show notes. Get out there, hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, follow Margie on your favorite podcast listing platforms so that you can check out some amazing conversations, everyday conversations. And those are the things that we need to know about, right? But it's from those conversations that we're able to stretch ourselves, challenge ourselves and grow, right? So yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for inspiring folks to walk in their purpose. Thank you. You are so welcome. But look, like talking about inspiration, Margie has many hats she's wearing. Like she's an author, consultant. Uh, she's a speaker. She's a visionary. She's a podcast host. She sings. Yes. We talked about that a little bit on her podcast, on my episode on her podcast. And we may even go there a little bit today. But one of the things that her website points out, and I definitely can attest to, she is an authentic and relevant voice in this day. And we definitely need to tap into her and connect with her and follow her on all of the things that she has going on. So I'm going to start running my mouth because I find that the best way to get to know somebody is to let them talk about themselves. So Margie, for those in the listening audience that this might be their first time, um, getting to know you, let them know more about who you are and what you do. Well, Laquita has said a lot about me already. My name is Margie Marge. I got that name actually when I was in, uh, when I was in undergrad, I used to give my, I used to cheer for myself a lot. <laughs> and so my friends decided to call me Margie Marge. The name was Margie, but they called me Margie Marge and I'd be coming up the stairs and um, giving myself fans and just say, hey, Margie Marge in the house. And yeah, so the name, <laughs> that is, yeah, and uh, as my bio says, I am a cheerleader for most humans, so now you know, it said most, it didn't say I cheer for everyone. I so. know, I like that, most yeah, yeah. humans. Yeah, 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 I could give you some shade too, I mean, I do cheer, but mm, yes, so. <laughs> Listen, that's just real because I love people. I love God's people. I love people that are not God's people, but some people are challenging. Some yeah. of God's people are challenging. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me hear a man to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some mm -hmm. people that don't love God are challenging. That's just real. So mm -hmm. look, I'm a cheerleader, mm -hmm. but I might not necessarily be cheering for you right now in this moment. Yes, ma'am. You know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so listen, you're an author. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what inspired you to become an author. And you're a children's book author as well. Like that is so amazing. Talk to us about that. Well, um, it wasn't an accident that I became an author. When I was young, when I was little, nine years old, I always thought about writing my own plays, mm. you know, my own show. So I kept writing these little notes here and there, making up stories. 
And um, for me, representation really matters. And I want to tell stories that come from the heart. Um, I want to tell stories about us, for us, and Mm. for everybody else. And so there are so many issues that don't get tapped into. When you look at books, there's so many books about um, uh, animals and different issues. There are not enough books about Black folk. And um, not enough books that talk about our history, our heritage. Mm. And so um, there's an issue that was pressing on my heart, and that was um, an issue with immigration, how sometimes people tend to think that when people are immigrants, that means they're bad, they're thieves, they're, you know. So I wanted to highlight a story um, that would show a path to immigration and and something that people could relate to regardless of where they were coming from. Because mind you, we have immigrants that are coming in from South America. We have some coming in from Europe. We have some coming in from Africa. So anybody who picks up the book would identify with that. In addition to that, I also wanted to tell an African story so that people will have a a broader perspective. You know, recently Robin Roberts was on Good Morning America. She went to Ghana. Um, She was showing people around the place. I wanted to showcase Ghana because that's where I'm originally from. And um, there are other issues. I like to talk about real issues that happen in life. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who go into servitude, um, domestic service, who don't get treated well. And, um, and of course, y'all know about the issue of race and discrimination and stereotyping. So in my second book, Same Elephants, is the Jewish girl, an atheist, Christian, a black girl, um, they're friends. Um, they're able to work together as friends despite their differences. But it doesn't come smoothly because they face stereotyping. Then there is racism and there Mm -hmm. are issues where, you know, they're talked to in not so nice a way. And so my stories are our stories, things that happen in our lives. But I want other people who might not know or it might not come naturally to them to read about things like that and understand it in a non-aggressive way. Because we're not trying to fight anybody. We're just telling these stories. And um, so that's why I tell stories, whether it be children's stories, young adults, or, you know, everyday stories. I love that. And with that, I mean, because those are the conversations that we need to have in order to shift the narrative that immigrants are bad people immigrants are illegal if you will you know and they're only coming from certain places and it's sad that we as americans have a tendency to feed into so many negative stereotypes right like the majority america is a place made up of immigrants right like those the the native people here are few and far between the native americans the I don't want to say it like that. The real original <laughs> Americans are not the mixture of com- uh, com- complexions that are coming into our borders legally. We have millions of people legally coming into our borders that go through the proper processes. And they're not just here because of some bad stuff. Some of them come just because I want to live over here now. Like it's a serious life choice they make. Some people did come 
you know, for education. Some people did come for work opportunities. And just like we as Americans, we don't like to think of ourselves as immigrants when we go to new places to live. We like to use the word expat. No, you're an immigrant. If you're American and you move and you decide, I want to live in Costa Rica or I want to go and live in Ghana or I want to go and live in Europe, you're you're an expat, but you're an immigrant (laughs) and you got to go through the process to legally live there. And so I love the fact that you're telling these stories and that readers can get it. Uh, the stories from a completely different perspective than what's pushed in mass media. So with your, with your book, Shimmigrant, how, you know, what are some of the, um, what are some of the feedback that you've gotten from that book um, from your readers? Oh my goodness. It's been overwhelmingly positive. I never expected for the book to be in colleges and mm-hmm. at different book fairs. And, you know, it's been very well received um, from a diverse perspective. I've had Caucasians who identify with the stories in there because, mind you, there's a little bit of domestic violence. There is education. You know, everybody has something to learn from the Shimmigrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about woman power, how empowering it is. Um, it's been a, it's been a book of choice for Women's History Month. It's wow. been um, yes, it's it's amazing. It's been an English one hundred and one um, choice as well for colleges. That's awesome. It, yes, yes. The the feedback has been positive in that. Uh, the target market. I didn't just write the book for African Americans, Africans, um, or Caucasians, or let's say Chinese or Latinos. It's for everyone. So everybody gets something from it. And so does the second book, which transcends all. So talk to us about the second book. Well, the the second book is Same Elephants. It's about these four friends. So two of them are Black, and those two girls um, were stereotyped when they were going to their um, white friend's apartment. And, Mm. you know, as a a woman of color, I have lived it. I'm pretty sure some of your listeners have also lived this. Yes, and and I also showed um, through the reactions of the two women, you're able to tell the difference. One of them, um, Sasha, is originally from Ghana, and Kia is African-American. So when they're asked to show the ID, Sasha innocently wants to pull it out, but Kia realizes that, hey, I might pull it out and they may think I'm pulling something else out. Mm. So, you know, the subtle things that people don't sometimes think about, and that is so important. That's why um, my newest book, which is Conversations on Race, also highlights those because uh, we come from different demographic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. We come from different communities. And based on how you, um, based on what you're exposed to, Sometimes you have a different understanding or vision of what the world is supposed to look like. Imagine growing up in Ghana. Everybody's black. You're seeing all these lawyers and doctors and judges and hairstylists. And you think that I can be that. Yeah, everybody looks like me. Yeah. You move to a different country and it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I 
it's not a, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. People see me differently, or people look at me differently, or I'm walking into a room, and immediately they think I'm a nanny, or the subtle differences mm -hmm. and the comments um, is something that uh, is so near and dear to my heart because I believe that at the end of the day, we are all human, one kind only, and that is humankind. Absolutely. You know, that's that's a really great conversation to have. And I, I cannot wait for your new book to come out. And it, that this conversation reminds me of a um, conversation I had with a previous guest on unconscious biases. And how that an unconscious bias can play into uh, the microaggressions or the subtle racism that people have that they're unaware that they have. Because you made such a great point. Like, if I have been raised um, in a completely Caucasian environment or um, Asian environment or Black American environment, and I step into a new environment, all of that is, I'm going to respond to all of that stimuli differently based on the experience I had growing up in my everyday activity. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and the, the individual that I had the conversation with about unconscious bias, she is Caucasian. She's Caucasian. She's Christian. She's Australian. She's a woman. And it wasn't until she had to be put in a situation where she had to help a lot of black and brown men that she herself realized, you know, I got, not only do I have unconscious bias, but I'm racist. Like, wow, that was like really shocking to her. And a lot of people who do have some of those tendencies, the big thing is they don't realize they have them. So it's really important to have a tool like uh, Shimmergrant and your new upcoming book to have those conversations as well as saying elephant. It's it's really good to have those books so that those conversations can be had and people don't feel offended or attacked, but something to make them, you know, just have food for thought and to, you know, to think through their own thoughts and their own actions as, you know, how, how do I respond when people of color are gathered around or I meet a person of color? Like, you know, what is my natural reaction? And is it good? Is it bad? This thing that I said that I thought was funny and my cousins thought was funny, but I, I said it over here and people didn't think it was funny. Like, <laughs> mm. yeah. I can attest to that because, you know, there are things that I say and um, I may say something and then my son will go, Mom, that's so racist. And I <laughs> and I don't think I'm racist. I'm like, what, you calling me out? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know? so um, we all have tendencies. We all have those biases. You know, mm -hmm. somebody would say something. And I'm like, no, you're not going to cry on me. No, that's not happening. And I'm saying all that in my head, but I'm smiling and you're thinking, oh, Margie's so nice. No, we all have our biases. I'm racist. like, no, no, no. You are not going to pull that right now. Right. I have, my, I have my biases. I'm like, no, girl. Yeah. <laughs> this, is real. this is real. So in, in this new book, you have these great conversations, right? Uh-huh. And, and the race conversation, obviously, I mean, there had to be some great inspiration behind wanting to pin this work, this second book. Um, and what what are, are your thoughts? Like, what is your desired goal for this book to reach? Well, my desired goal is that everybody 
picks up a copy of Conversations on Race. Because you know what? We're talking to people and it's um we've had humanity chats for a few years now and we've had some conversations on race. So the people that came on the show, some of those people, um, which include Congressman Trey Gowdy, who used to be a congressman of South Carolina. We've had people like uh, DNC Chairman Jamie Harris, which uh, was from a few years ago. Um, we've had city councilman. We've had um, an author, Michelle Stone, who talked about the importance of broadening your lens. We've had yeah. we've had preachers. So these people that I had these conversations with are Republican, Democrat, Christian, Asian, people from all walks of life. We've talked about the importance of equity. We've talked about racial injustice. And so this is all being packaged in such a way that if you're Caucasian and you read it, you get to see that perspective um, that maybe you didn't see before, but it's not criticizing you. It's just an eye opener for all of us. Because remember, I said, my son called me racist and I didn't think I was. But, you know, there are things that I do, things that I say, things that may rub me wrong. And I'm like, girl, bye. You know, (laughs) that is that. But that is being human. It is. It it really is being human Uh, or, you know, some conversations that we have that are kitchen table talk that when you put on your professional face or your <laughs> nice face, you don't talk that you way. Don't talk, but yes. Yes. You yes. know, you <laughs> be talking to you and you're like, boy, who do you think you are? And you might call that person even another race because they use a certain voice on you. Mm. Well, these are all conversations on race. Why do we do that? Mm. Or you're asking a question about Asian people, uh, me. I would ask a question and growing up in Ghana, there were certain things that I didn't know were racist. Mm -hmm. So I would say certain words. And when I was growing up in that setting, it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, there were things that I even thought were complimentary, but it wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it wasn't. So I've learned that way. So in the book, we even talk about xenophobia Mm. where even during the COVID times, there were black people in Asia who were being mistreated, even though they may have been professionals, they were being let out on the street by their landlords because they were black and Mm. they were the ones that were going to spread the COVID-19. I mean, certain things that have happened, you being from one country going to another country and people feeling that you are a threat to them. It's, it, conversations on race doesn't just have to do with skin color. Right. Um, it transcends. And so I hope that with the book, we will all learn to be more tolerant of each other, me included. I think the book is therapeutic <laughs> for me. because I, um, I don't know about you, but in, I've only written a few books. I've, I've been a co-author on two anthologies and I've written my own first book, right? And each process was therapeutic. Each process revealed to me another layer of things about myself that either A, I didn't know, or B, I knew and I thought I was good. And in the writing process, I figured out, oh, you're not as good as you thought. That's That still needs some work. But 
you know, that that for me was that. So I know um, it. I can understand what you're saying. It, it hit home a lot and hopefully it will do the same for the reader. But when you were saying that, it made me think about um, there was a incident that happened at my house. I want to say it was a Thanksgiving weekend. I um, can't quite remember, but whatever it was, you know, it doesn't take much to have an excuse to have a good house party. I do remember that it was a house party going on at my house. I just can't remember why. And we lived in England at the time. We went to a, um, a multicultural church. And so we had some friends over. And our friends were from different parts of Africa, as well as different parts of the Caribbean. All of the kids were there. And so some of the kids, we call them local national. For those of you that are not military, it just means those children were from the country that we were living in. <laughs> this young man that came over, he was from Portugal, and, but he was friends with some of the little girls from church. And the kids were playing the Wii at the time. And they were playing the Wii. And, you know, you pick the avatar to be your character. And all of the kids that went and it was his turn to pick his avatar. And now this is way back because I said we. So he wasn't like he could go in and recreate. He had to take what was there. And the one that was left was the extremely dark skinned character. And so the young man yells because these are kids and they're talking and he yells and the whole house gets quiet because he yells, why did I get stuck with the nigga? And so everybody was like, oh, wait, you can't say that. And he did not realize how offensive it was to the black people in the room. Now he was mixed race. So even though he himself did not feel like he was black because at the age that he was, that wasn't something he processed. Not realizing all the adults everywhere felt like you're black because you were mixed race. That's not how he felt. And he did not see that word as being something that was derogatory. And so there was a perfect conversation as to why the room got quiet because of me of course the young man realized did i say something wrong why is everybody quiet this is a party what's going on and so we're having this conversation and when you were you when you were saying that we ha we have no idea that's a word that he uses all of the time with, with and didn't mean any harm by it he didn't have any ill you know thoughts behind it but the environment that he was in when he was saying it that's not how it was received. And so those, that's why it's so important to have racial conversations. Yeah. You have to have it. Yeah, it, it is important. And uh, sometimes we underestimate how uncomfortable it can also be. Mm. Uh, because there is nothing like, um, you know, you're trying to even explain something to someone and the person takes offense at it and immediately they want to prove to you that I am not racist. Yes. And they don't even realize that you are not calling them racist. You're just trying to help them. Yes. Um, right away, they become defensive. Yes. You know, because it's like, why is she calling me out? I have black friends. Why would okay. she say that about me? <laughs> like, right. you have black friends, but you don't know that you were not supposed to wear that wig. Right. And I am not calling you out. I'm just telling you that next time, don't do that. Don't do that, right? So so <laughs> these, these conversations are important. These, mm -hmm. these conversations are so important. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, it causes us to be introspective. Like, let me take a good look at myself and make sure that I'm able to govern myself accordingly in the environments that I'm in. And now, by no means, I don't believe that in this race conversation that Margie, Margie, I know I, I'm not trying to tell people to be something that they're not. What we're saying is be more aware. Be more aware we can become better humans. Be more aware of the appropriate ways that we should learn how to show up, love, and love each other and, you know, communicate with each other and understand one another. We don't have to agree with it, but just understand one another. And definitely it'll diffuse a lot of tension or prevent a lot of intense situations from happening. Yeah, now that little creator, I'm going to stop you right there and say that there are some people that it's impossible to love them, mm. you know, and we have to accept that. We have to agree not to disagree. <laughs> because I like that. Writing this, uh, writing this book, and it's my what one, two, three, four, five, six. It's my seventh book. Mm. Writing this book has been therapeutic for me in that it's taught me that I'm not as kind as I thought I was. <laughs> I'm not as nice as I thought I was. It's also taught me that, you know, before, if you said that, Margie, tell me a four-letter word, I will probably tell you G-O-O-D, good. Mm. You know, that, but that's superficial, Margie, because as I was writing this book, I realized that I had different four-letter words in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> it got to the core of me. And um, that's why I'm a cheerleader for most humans and not all humans. And that is okay. Absolutely. It, it, it is okay to have your qualms about certain situations. We're not perfect. That's why we're human. If we were perfect, we would have probably been robots or aliens or something like that. That's, that's, I definitely, we're not perfect. We're far from it. Some people might feel like they are, but they're a little touched in a special way. Yeah. We're far from we are far from perfect and recognizing those flaws in our humanity. I think that's a part of being human. Recognizing yeah, we learn. We learn. Yeah, we learn from we each other. I learned from you walking into your purpose, your inspiration, you know, you giving all those nuggets about how we can look at our lives. Um, there are things that sometimes we take for granted, but we learn from each other. And so yeah. this book is not meant to be preachy. It doesn't tell you that, hey, this is how you cannot be a racist. No, mm. it's just, you know, like the chapter on broadening your lens with Michelle Stone is just a conversation that I had with Michelle where we talk about maybe you don't just watch Fox News, you watch a little bit of CNN, you balance it out, you know, broaden your lens, um, make a friend with somebody who may not be in your inner circle. It just helps you to learn. Or the conversation that I had with former Congressman Gaudi, which was about unity. He ideally hasn't been one of my favorite people. Okay. And I had the conversation with him and I was like, he's real. He's a human, just like me. He has friends. He has family. He goes to church. 
we have to learn to embrace each other. And so we did talk about unity. Now, maybe his idea of unity may not be the same as somebody else's idea of unity, but we can still grab some nuggets from that and know that we can work together and that together we can go far. I love the fact that you had him on your show and in this book because we do have a tendency to want to stick to, stick with, and only amplify that which we agree that's in our inner circle. But a whole part of the growth process and maturity process is learning how to effectively communicate with people that we don't agree with, that we don't even quite like. But that just shows so much emotional intelligence, having that conversation and pulling away the good bits from it and say, okay, you know what? You still might not be my favorite person, but you human and you move in life the same way I move in life. We just have two different perspectives. I might can I might can respect that without agreeing with that so much so that you put it in your book. That's amazing. I hope you guys wrote that down in big bold letters. I can talk to, hang out with, and write about in a respectful manner. Something I might not even agree with, and someone I might not even like. I I love that. We should have started the conversation off with that. <laughs> well, but you know what? <laughs> this book could also easily be a flop. Um, in that, in that, um, Republicans are not going to want to pick it up because they might think that is this leftist person who probably wrote this because it's something on race. And Democrats will probably not want to pick it up because they'd be like, why is she talking to all these Republicans in there? This book is probably not what we're looking for. It's not woke enough. Um, so, you know, since it's not really, it could totally flop. And I would pick up the book and read it to myself and still get therapy and be like, yeah, I wrote that. Um, I hope I hope that doesn't happen. I hope people from it, both sides of the aisle. It won't <laughs> happen. We're, we're gonna decree and declare the success of this book, right? Because if it's something that everybody could potentially have a problem with, that means we all need to read it. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to read it, recognize our conscious and unconscious bias, read the book, and let's grow as humans. Like. If you're listening to the podcast, get the book, get the book, read it a good two times, digest it, process it, write an amazing review, and then give it away to a friend because they need to read the book too. That part, you know, better yet, keep the book. Let it be a resource in your library. We got to have tools in a toolbox. Buy two, three copies of the book. And give them away as gifts to your friends and have a book club about it and dig into it and see how we can really learn and grow from each other. That's the beauty of a book, man. And you, we have to read, listen to, and be a part of things that we don't necessarily agree with. Because I found that when I'm confronted with myself like that, I don't even really know what I thought I knew about the situation or the person. And then when I dealt with it in a mature manner, had a mature conversation or listening or whatever, I still may not agree with a point of view, but it probably isn't anything like what I was thinking based off of, you know, hearsay information instead of firsthand information. So, look, get the book. Tell us the name of the book again. 
conversations on race um, conversations on race and then the also the new children's book you have coming out oh the new children's book yes, that, is that is a question project that i know people will read um, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to read conversation i'm telling you say it with me they're going to read conversations on race it's they, going to happen i'm gonna say it with you they're going to read conversations mm-hmm. on race. Yes. People <laughs> will read it. <laughs> well, and love it. And love it. They're going to read it and love it. Praise God. If if nobody reads it, I know um, three people who will read it for sure. That's me, you, and my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got three readers. Amen. Um, Amen. Yes, um, that the children's book, uh, the children's book is the Spelling King, and it's meant to be a motivational book for kids um, to encourage them to read and keep pursuing their dreams. I love the book. I love the cover. Um, I love the story. I am an adult, and I smile reading the story, looking at the illustrations, all the happy kids cheering their friends on as they spell. Um, I believe that spelling opens a lot of doors. When these kids are younger and they read and they spell, it just instills in them a work ethic um, because they have to practice, practice, practice before going to these spelling bees. Um, now, spelling is not for everyone. I know there are kids that may be vision impaired. There may be somebody who is dyslexic, maybe somebody who has a skill with math and not with reading. So I'm not saying that everybody should spell. But in my experience, I have seen and um, personally experienced so many success stories that come out of kids who spell, kids who read, that I just want to motivate these kids out there. And representation really does matter. So we have a young Black boy on the cover who is the one who... um, who wants to spell. Now, the reason why we have that young black boy on the cover is also because um, some people believe that spelling is for girls. Mm. And I remember that when my kid was younger, I have a kid who used to be a speller. I don't know how good his spelling is now. But (laughs) But he used to be a speller and I remember uh, parents telling him that boys don't spell when he wow. said he wanted to spell. Yes. And I was actually present when I heard that a few times. Mm-hmm. And so those other parents, maybe their kids were not interested in spelling, which is mm-hmm. fine. It doesn't have to be your interest. Mm-hmm. But I don't want little boys and girls to think that this is not for me and that mm-hmm. this is just for one gender. If you're a boy and you like to cook, pursue it. Yes. Um, there are so many great chefs out there who are not women, right? If you're mm-hmm. a woman and you want to be an astrophysicist, go ahead, go get it. Do your best, follow your dream. So yeah. although this book is about the spelling king, I see so much potential for our kids out there. And I hope that Little kids all around the world will pick it up and read about that young boy. Yes, 
That is so awesome. I mean, we can unpack that in so many different ways because that speaks to, like you said, representation and it tears down stereotypes about what boys do versus what girls do. Um, and it's it tears down stereotypes in relation to, you know, what black kids are good at versus what black kids aren't good at. So that's amazing uh, for me. It made me think about Achille and the Beat and how that tore down so many uh, negative stereotypes as well. But again, in the movie, she was a girl. Here, you have this young man who is an amazing speller. We're not going to tell the book. I haven't read the book. I'm just envisioning in my mind what the book could do. And I love it. I got a grandson, so I'm going to get the book. I've got actually three grandsons. So we're going to make sure. Three grandsons and three granddaughters. They're going to get the book. But my Zachariah, who's four, ain't having fun learning to spell, read, and write. It will be in our library for sure. That's right. That's right. I really appreciate that. So now I know we've got buyers. Yes. Between your grandkids and um, people that I'm going to harass um, to help <laughs> them to buy the book, we will have some buyers. You know, I have a personal story to share. Um, my, I said my son used to be a speller. Mm. And um, he actually went to the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Wow. And he was not just a speller. He was excellent. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, my goodness. Mm, I love that boy. Well, maybe I should say sometimes. Um, <laughs> but it could be a, every parent understood that that could be a little challenging sometimes. <laughs> but then he was on the stage and he spelled I um, I forget the word, but he spelled a word and he got it right now. Mm. Uh, my kid does not look like the typical nerd. Mm. And so he's he's quite sports oriented. So after he spelled the word and Dr. Bailey said it was right, he stood right there on stage and just lifted his fist up and said, let's go. <laughs> and, and if you watch the Scripps National Spelling Bee on stage for several years on TV, I mean, for several years, you don't usually see that kind of reaction. So, you know, but it was normal for him. Well, that was on YouTube and there were comments on there. And some of the comments were negative because some, oh. some people said that, that that boy thought he was playing Fortnite. Um, he got the word right. And he put Let his there and said, let's go. They don't, they're not used to that. This black boy was on stage doing something that he loved. And mm -hmm. you were trying to put him down in your comments because you thought he didn't know he could get the word right. And he thought he was playing Fortnite. Mm. Um, we need to lose those kinds of stereotypes. We yes. can do everything we put our minds to. Right, to and, yes. you know, it's about time that people see that our young black men can do great things too. That's it. And yeah, so the book is near and dear to my heart. Of course, it's not his story. He made sure of that. Uh, he made sure that I wasn't going to call the character a name that was anything close to his name or. Yeah, but yeah, it's still a spelling story. He's I'm going to more any unnecessary cameos of himself in this book, Mom. 
<laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. He's probably gonna be mad at me um, and sue okay. me, but it's not his story, and I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him it's okay. It's okay. I love you anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Margie, it has been so much fun having you here on the podcast, but I cannot let you go until you do two things. One, you've got to let everyone know how to connect with you and when we can expect to be able to buy these two amazing books. Well, viewers, listeners, if you want to find me, I am very easy to find. My social media handle is this Margie March, this Margie March. T-H-I-S-M-A-R-J-Y, M-A-R-J. I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think, yeah. Um, if you find this March March somewhere else, it may be somebody impersonating me, or <laughs> I don't know, maybe somebody created that account for me and I don't know how to use it. Because, oh, I think somebody put me on Snapchat. One of my nieces put me on Snapchat, but uh -oh. I don't know how to use it. Um, yeah, I'm on TikTok too, this Margie Marge. I, I really don't know how to use that one. Um, find me on my website, margiemarge.com, M-A-R-J-Y, M-A-R-J.com. Send me a message. My books are on my website. Um, you can find Humanity Chats, the link there. Um, we talk about everyday issues that impact humans. Was that the only question you asked me about myself? When can we get the book? Oh, yes, that was a very important question. Yes, yes, yes. Well, The Spelling King is available now everywhere books are sold. Yes, yes. So go get The Spelling King. Leave a five-star review. Now, it's so important for authors to get these reviews. Yes, it is. You're buying a refrigerator you or an iron. You want to see if it's the good kind before investing in it. Well, the same thing about books. So y'all don't forget, hit me with that five star and I will be praying for you that God answers your prayers. And you know, I really have a short line to God. And so um, I promise I will be praying for you. You got him on speed dial. Yeah, I have him on speed dial. You got him on speed dial, his personal digits that he yeah, answers, not yeah. his assistant. And Conversations on Race is also going to be available everywhere books are sold the end of October 2022. So pick up a copy, get inspired, broaden your lens. If you don't like something that I wrote in there, if you don't agree with it, that's the best thing about it. Tell me. Let me know. Because we are trying to broaden our lens. We are all learning from each other. And I'm not perfect. I say I'm the cheerleader for most humans. I'm also the queen of shade. So, um, <laughs> so you know, I am not. I am not by any means perfect. I've been called a racist. I've been called names. Um, I don't think I am. But you know, people, depending on who's seeing you, is always a different perspective. I am a queen, wonderfully and fearfully made, walking in my purpose. Somebody may not think the same. So if you don't like something in the book, hit me up. Tell me, margiemark.com. Contact me. Let me know why you don't like it. And I may be able to look into myself to see that, oh, Margie, 
Maybe this was not right. And if you love it, let us know. Leave that review and together we can go far. We will be stronger. That's awesome. That's awesome. I can't believe you said you're the queen of shame. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) We will. We're going to talk about that because that is hilarious. But (laughs) we're going to talk about that. Listen, guys, thank you so much for tuning in for another amazing episode of Laquita's Toolbox. I've had a great time with Margie Marsh. I don't think I've laughed this much on a podcast ever, like ever. So you got to come back again. <laughs> you got to come back again. And just like she said, leave those five-star ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast listening platform. Let me know what you think. I want to know what you think about the good stuff. I also want to know what you think about the things that you don't like so that we can make the necessary adjustments if needed to make sure that we're bringing you the amazing guests that are providing power packed tools that can help you grow both personally and professionally, because that's the goal of Laquita's Toolbox. Until next time, you guys stay blessed and have a great day. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 